0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 27th of March 2016 entitled, Resurrection Truths. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 12 to 19. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. He is risen indeed. I'd like to take a passage of scripture this morning from what is often referred to as the resurrection chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you'd like to be turning there in your Bibles, I'm going to read part of this passage now for those that were in the sunrise service this morning. We, we looked at the first point of this sermon, so uh, if you weren't there, then you missed the, uh, the first point. Uh, but we're going to be looking at just some simple things today that I uh, simply uh, have called some resurrection truths. Very simple. Very straightforward on this day. I just want to remind you of some things to rejoice in today. I'm going to invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word as we first of all take our reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Father, we thank you this morning for your word that we have before us. And Lord, as we look here in these passages again today, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts in these next moments because, Lord, You know every individual that is here. You know the needs of every heart. You know, Lord, that we cannot meet those needs, but we know that you alone can. So we pray, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would reach down, that you would speak to each one, that each of us would be receptive to that which you have for us. We will give you all the praise for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I heard a story once about a family that... This family had tragically lost three of their four children. They had four children. they lost three of them within just a matter of two weeks uh, because of a, a violent disease that they caught, and they contracted, and they passed it on one to another, and it went through the family. There was only one child left, and he was a, a, a four-year-old young boy. The family had buried the other three children, and... It was two weeks before Easter when they had to to do that. Two weeks later on on Easter morning, the parents and that one remaining child went to church, went to God's house on Resurrection Sunday. The mother got up and she taught her Sunday school class to the children as she did all the other weeks about the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus. The father read the Easter story from scriptures in the opening devotion time of the Sunday school for all of the adults and children together. A lot of the people that were there that day, they, they knew about the kind of loss that this family had gone through just such a short time. And they couldn't help but wonder, how could they do that? How can they get up there and do those things with all that they've been through these past couple weeks? One family of the church were in their car on the way home after church that morning. They had a 16-year-old son in the car with them. That 16-year-old son looked over to his dad and he said, Dad, that couple must really believe everything about that Easter story, mustn't they? The dad looked at it and said, well, of of course they do, son. All Christians believe that. The young boy looked back at him and said, yeah, but not like they do. Not like they do. And you know, I'm afraid so many times that's the problem with all of us. Easter comes year after year. It comes and it goes. Sometimes we get wrapped up in all of the things, but we know as Christians, you can't be a Christian. You can't be a child of God without believing that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. I've made the statement many times, that is what sets us apart from every other religion out there. There are a lot of people with a lot of names on a lot of religions that are teaching people how to do a lot of good things in life even, how to live good lives, how to be good to other people, and all of those things. But I said over in the park this morning, every one of them, They can take you to a grave somewhere, a place somewhere where somebody is buried that is the founder of their religion. We as Christians cannot do that. Thank God we can show you an empty tomb because he is no longer there. We serve, as we sang earlier, a risen Savior. As we look at this passage this morning, I just want to remind you, you see, what we looked at in the first 11 verses over in the park this morning was who the resurrection was for. We can't go back through all of that that list again, but we saw there that the resurrection, when we look at those first 11 verses, and just those that are named there in that, we see those that had uh, doubted. We see those that had denied him. We see those that had scattered and run when the going got tough. We see those that were in disbelief, that didn't believe any of it. We also see some that were willing. Those apostles, you know, some of them were the doubters. Some of those were the deniers. Some of those were the ones that that literally ran and hid when the things got tough. You see all of that in their lives before the resurrection. After the resurrection every one of them except John that that died in exile on the Isle of Patmos, they gave their lives because they believed in the resurrection. Why? Why would they do that? We saw this morning that in all of that, what we have to realize, folks, and never forget, who was the resurrection for? It was for you. You may be one of the doubters. You may be one of the, the ones that, that that have disbelieved and You may fit into many of those categories. But you see, whatever you've done and wherever you've been, Jesus died for you. And Jesus defeated death for you when he came out of that grave. Who was it for? Who was the resurrection for? Never forget. It's not just some historical event that we know about. It is something that touches every life in all the world that will believe it and put their faith and trust in it. But I want you to notice something else here in these next verses that we read here this evening. What was the resurrection, really? Who was it? It was Jesus Christ doing what he did on the cross and rising the third day for you. As we look through scriptures, it is something that receives such a place of prominence. Every one of the evangelists tells us about what happened when Jesus died and rose again the third day. It is a subject that has been a part of historical inquiry right down through the centuries. And do you know this? That though some of them may still doubt it, not one has been able to disprove it. We find that it is without any shadow of a doubt. It is the focal point of the conflict of all that is there between Christ and Satan. Satan came to this world to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Mark it down, folks. Whether you believe me or not, whether you believe God or not, Satan wants to destroy you. But he doesn't just want to destroy you now. He wants to destroy you for eternity. The wages of sin is death. That's what he wants. But Christ came to give life. (laughs) and that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Just as Satan wants to destroy for eternity, he came to give life that is eternal, that lasts forever. That happened. Satan was defeated when Jesus Christ died on that cross, and Satan thought he had won the battle. (laughs) He thought he'd gotten rid of him. But three days later, (laughs) three days later, that tomb was empty. I don't know, we could go into a lot of things. <laughs> Jesus actually went into Hades and set those captives free. All those Old Testament saints, that had been looking forward to a promise that had to yet be fulfilled. It was fulfilled. And Jesus is the one that went and escorted them personally into the portals of glory. Praise God. The resurrection. Scripture tells us in these verses that we've just read, and You can read them again. We've just got through reading them, but if you allow me to summarize, he tells us there, first of all, that the resurrection is of so much importance that if Christ has not risen, then everything that we say and preach is in vain. In other words, it's worthless. If Jesus Christ didn't raise from the grave, everything else we say is vain. Everything else we say is just like any of those other religions, it's worthless. If he didn't rise, the Bible says, your faith is vain. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. God is the one that declares to us that the gospel that will save you, that will cleanse your sins was the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Bible goes as far as to say, hey, If Jesus Christ didn't rise from the grave, I'm just a false prophet. We're just false witnesses. We're just telling a bunch of lies that don't mean anything. He also says there that if Christ didn't rise from the grave, it doesn't matter who you are, what religion, what denomination. Doesn't matter what all the Christian things that you've done. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave, you are still in your sins. You're still there. You say, but it was the blood that paid for those sins. Yes, it was. But I'll tell you something. It was the, the blood that paid for the sins. But it was Jesus that defeated death for you when he came out. That shows you that death couldn't hold him. Even though he did die for you, death could not hold him there. You see, if Christ didn't rise from the grave, he says in these verses, we have no hope beyond the grave. (laughs) One day, look around you folks. None of us are getting any younger. (laughs) Death catches everything and everybody at some point, somewhere along the line. It finishes, all because of sin. That's the great destroyer that we live with, that we're born with, and that's all around us. Plant life, animal life, human life. It all comes to an end. If there's no resurrection, there is no hope beyond that. You have no hope beyond the grave. Matter of fact, he goes on there in verse 17, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. We are a people to be pitied. If Christianity only affects us here, if our only hope is what it does for us here in this life, I'll tell you something else about age. (laughs) When you're young, you feel indestructible. Nothing can touch you. Nothing can get you. You're going to live forever. You're going to change the world. You're going to do all these things. Suddenly you're looking back and you say, whoa, (laughs) where did those years go? How did I get here this quick? The Bible says it's like a vapor. that appeareth for a little while, and then it vanishes away. You see, this Resurrection Sunday, I just want to remind you, folks. We could look at a lot of things. I just want to remind you. It was Jesus Christ. And you know, the only way he could rise from the dead was because he had to die first. He was dead. He died the death that you deserve to die. But Jesus Christ is the one that death could not hold. I want you to remember, he did it for you. He defeated death for you. In him, you can have that life that he came to give you. He did that for you. And without it, you have no other hope. There is no other hope in life outside of that one. But I want you to notice what else that he says for you here. You see... How is all this going to take place? As Christians, this should excite you. But if you're here and you're not a Christian, maybe you've never made that step of faith. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. May I say to you, it ought to excite you because this is the hope that you have today. It's the hope that any of us have. There is life beyond the grave. There is life that is yours today if you'll accept it. He says in verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead? He's told us all the things that is gonna be a problem if he hasn't, but God says he has risen and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. By the first man, Adam, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Life or death. That's the only option. In Adam, in the flesh, in this fleshly life, we all die. But in Jesus Christ, we are literally made alive. But every man in his own order Christ, the first fruits. Now, people say, but yeah, but Christ wasn't the first one to rise from the dead. I mean, Jesus Christ himself told Lazarus to come forth out of there. We see other instances in Scripture of people being raised. But you know what? Every one of those that were raised, they still faced a grave one day. Jesus Christ is the only one. He's the only one that ever raised to eternal life. Never, ever, ever to face that grave again. Every other human being has had to go that way. Every man in his own order. Christ, the first fruits. He was the very first one. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming, them that belong to Christ, they that are his, them that belong to him when he comes back, they will experience the same resurrection that Jesus Christ did. He says, then cometh the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. Listen, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Oh yes, there are no enemies that he will not overcome, but the last enemy that each and every one of us face is death. Death. And unless we are in Christ, it is the last one because it will be eternal death. Now, he goes on, he says, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. God is sending his Son And His Son will put all things under His authority, and all things will be delivered back to the Father the way that He first made them before that sin entered in. He says, Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? Why? Even the apostles... (laughs) Why would they put their lives on the line if Jesus was a mockery, if he hadn't risen from the grave? Can we comprehend that? You know, they had no reason to make believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. No reason at all. Because by accepting, by declaring that, they were putting their own lives on the line. We find that He says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. If after the manner of men, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it me if the dead rise not? What does it matter? (laughs) If I've taken on the greatest beast this world, what does it matter if there's nothing beyond the grave? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. In other words, folks, if Jesus Christ did not rise from that tomb, if he did not come out of there the third day, he says, just go ahead and live it up in this world. Eat, drink, and be merry, and enjoy it, because there is no hope beyond what you have right now and what you do right now. A lot of people, that's the way they approach life. They want everything that will make them feel good now, the things that will make them happy now. Well, the Bible says, hey, If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if you don't believe that, you may as well go ahead and live that way because that's all you got. Without him, there is nothing else. But what does he say in verse 33? Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. (laughs) People believe a lot of things. Those evil communications lead to the actions. People can come up with all kind of reasoning as to, Why they're not a Christian? What does he say in verse 34? Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Every Christian here today. You know, that was one of the verses in scripture that God spoke to me as a young preacher that I ought to be ashamed. Because even though I was a Christian and even though I was very involved in my church and I was sitting there and I was doing all these things, there were thousands upon thousands out there that didn't know about Jesus, that didn't know that he had died on the cross, that didn't know that he had raised the third day and I wasn't telling them about it. Folks, the world is not going to tell them and I've said it many times, it doesn't matter. What Jesus Christ did split all of time Even our calendars today are measured from that time before and since. It makes no difference if people don't know it. They can't believe what they haven't heard. And here in writing to the church in Corinth, he's saying there's some that don't have this knowledge. And I speak this to your shame. You see, he goes on and he says, but some men will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool. That which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. He's using the illustration from nature. I mean, you know, even a young child can figure out. If you want that flower to grow, you put a seed in the ground first. Something's got to die first before the life can come forth from it. I've told the story, and I don't have time to tell the whole story before the farmer that had the seed hanging in the barn. <laughs> the child couldn't understand. He couldn't understand why they had hardly any food on the table and all that seed was hanging out there that they could cook and eat. But that was what had to be sown in order to have a harvest next year. He's reminding us, you know, it's pretty foolish. Don't you know that in order to be made alive, you've got to die first? Jesus had to die first before he rose from the grave. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body which shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him and to every seed his own body. And flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fish, another of birds. There's also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. He's using nature. Look around you. Recognize. He says, it is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. That old corrupt, corrupt, sin-cursed body will go into the grave and it will die. But it's going to be raised in incorruption, never to die again. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And is as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so are they which are heavenly. The earthly can only produce earthly. It takes God to produce the spiritual. It takes the heavenly to produce the heavenly and as we have born in the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. We can say, I want you to realize how Jesus Christ died in order to raise again. The Bible says you must die in order to be raised again. You must die fleshly. You must die to this sin in order to be raised spiritually. And one day in Christ if this old body that is in Adam is put in the grave and it's dissolved, one day it's going to be raised and in corruption it's going to be given that heavenly body. Why? Why? Why would all this be? Well, the Bible goes on and it explains to us that he says in in, in verse 51, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all die. We shall not all go to the grave, but We shall all be changed. When Jesus comes back, all those that have already gone to the grave, uh, they'll be raised. But all those that still remain, they're going to be changed. This old body still has to go. The old natural still has to go. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. This body can't live forever. This body cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, but God is offering you something more in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, they put him in that grave. They killed him. He died for your sins. He atoned for them with his own blood. And it was sufficient. The Bible says that he was the propitiation, not for our sins only, Brother Steve, but for the sins of the whole world. Propitiation. You know your pastor loves that word. It's a legal term. I mean, it means that everything, everything that God requires It was met in Jesus Christ. There was nothing left undone. He satisfied the price for all of our sins. Jesus paid it all, all to him. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. The Bible says this earthly one day is going to go to the grave. And when it dies, if you are in Christ, when he comes... You'll be raised with him. This corruptible has got to put on incorruption. Some of you know I, I kind of make light about it, and I've got some timelines and things of how the end times things and whatnot, but of course you and you look on there, and those the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that are in the grave, man, they've got an advantage over us that are still living when the trumpet sounds. Why would that be? That's because they got six feet further to go, amen? <laughs> they need a head start to catch up with us because we're going to all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we can't even measure that twinkling. That's how quick we're all going to be changed at the same time. They've got to be raised. With us all together, we'll all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Who? Jesus was the one that did it, but he did it for you. What the most important, crucial event in all of history happened there in a space of three days when Jesus Christ gave up the ghost and three days later they found an empty tomb. Nothing else. If that didn't happen, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters what we do. How? We've just gone through. The Bible has just explained this order of how that it's going to take place beginning with Jesus Christ. I want to give you this in closing this morning. Oh, believe me, I could preach no time we're supposed to be having a service this evening on the resurrection. Well, there's so many things I'd love to tell you. You know, I've told you before, you know, my, my greatest fear in preaching the wonderful truths of this book, my greatest fear is not how good a job I'm going to do, whether you're going to like the way I do it or what I do or anything about it or anything of those things. My greatest fear is that not me, but the Holy Spirit through His Word speaks to your heart and you leave here without doing anything about it. That you don't listen to God. I'm nothing. This is where your faith comes from, what God says. What God did for you. Jesus did what He did. Today has got to be the greatest day in the calendar. It's hard, you know, you say, well, you know, He couldn't have rose if He hadn't died, but if He didn't, if He died and hadn't rose, I mean, you, you can't separate. That's why the gospel includes all of it. Death burial resurrection you can't take any part of it away and it still work. he did it for you. why? What does he say in verse 54 so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory. He goes on and he says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, right back in the beginning, the first two human beings who were ever on this earth in the Garden of Eden. When sin entered in, death came came with it. Death came with it, and it's been a mess ever since. But the truth is, Jesus did what he did because that's being done away with, praise God. Sin has to be vanquished. Death is then destroyed. Death comes from sin. Death entered when sin entered. Jesus died to pay for your sin, and Jesus rose, conquering that death. The last enemy being put down. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice his closing comment. Therefore, if that's the case, if what we've just seen is true, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If Christ didn't rise from the grave, it's all in vain. But you see, we know he did rise. And today, you can only do one of two things with that. You can accept it or you can reject it. You can't do anything else with it. You believe it or you disbelieve it. Today, I hope that you'll accept the God of creation that put you here, that gave you this life. Jesus Christ came to this earth for you to give you the life that Satan had stole away when he brought sin into this world. But God is offering you that life back and he'll give it to you today. But you know, there's not a person on the face of the earth, the people that love you the most. There's not enough preachers in all the world. There's not enough churches on the face of the earth. There's not enough anything out there that can give you that life that can only come in Jesus Christ. He is your only hope today. And the resurrection is the proof that that hope is sure. He is alive. We are serving a risen Savior today. I want to encourage you, wherever you are in your life, this Resurrection Sunday, let it make a difference. <laughs> don't let it just be another passing Easter with maybe a, a nice big chocolate egg to eat and maybe a big, uh, a big Sunday dinner to enjoy. And Don't forget you get a day off work tomorrow as well, amen? <laughs> but Easter's a whole lot more than that. Jesus Christ came to this world for you. He died on the cross for you. He rose the third day for you. He did that for you. And today, right here, I don't believe that it's an accident that you're here today. And God just wants to remind you how much He loves you. But you can either accept or reject that love. Let this Resurrection Sunday, let it be different. Let it not be just another passing Easter celebration with a bank holiday and all that good stuff that goes with it. Let it be the day that you accept the true gift of Easter the gift of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you this morning. And Lord, you know, my greatest fear is that there's maybe one more word I could say or one more plea that I could make that would change somebody's heart here today that, Lord, they wouldn't leave this place either as a lost person that has never accepted what Jesus Christ did for them because it doesn't matter how much he loved them. doesn't matter what he did if they're not willing to accept that. Lord, that we as Christians, we would let it be just another passing thing. Oh, yes, we believe Jesus died. And yes, we believe that he rose from the grave. But Lord, help us to believe it like that family that had lost all their children. (laughs) Help us to believe it and know it. That our life goes on because our hope is in Jesus Christ. That his sacrifice on Calvary was sufficient. That his resurrection... From that tomb was evidence of that. Help us, Lord, today. Help the lost to be saved. Help the backslider to be restored. Help each and every one of us as Christians to awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have the knowledge. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.